right. Greetings, everybody. This is Ricky uh, coming to you live. Well, not really live because it's going to be posted later on to well, this week, probably. Uh, I'm here today with a very special guest, a uh, person who I actually look up to and funny enough is younger than me. And it's so crazy. I was just talking about uh, age and all the stuff that, that this individual has been doing. And my goodness, it's 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 insane. And I look back and I'm like, I feel old now. I'm 26 years old and I feel like, gosh, I think it's my time to move away. But then again, I'm like, actually, I just got started too. So come on now. Jaysha. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. And uh, I think one of the most important parts is I want people to know, who are, who is Jaysha? Who are you? So um, I've grown up in Gresham my whole life. Um, I'm Jaysha Mosley. Um, and I'm 19. I went to um, San Barla High School and then graduated from Gresham High School. Um, I've lived in Gresham since like second grade so as long as i can remember um and i love being in this community so yeah wow so tell us about kind of so you've been here since second grade so you've i'm assuming you went to gresham schools right uh what schools did you go to um i went to pal valley elementary and then gordon russell middle school and then to barlow and then transferred to gresham so you just graduated like what like a a year ago or something like well, well you know tell us about kind of your experience in the education system you know I, obviously you went to the Gresham Bartle School District so tell us like how was that uh growing up yeah um it was great uh, I graduated in 2019 um and I have like a very different experience because I was able to go to both Barlow and Gresham High School. Um, middle school and elementary school is obviously great, you know, there's not a lot. Um, it's fun experience and friends and all of that, but um, I went to Barlow my freshman and sophomore year, and um, I soon, like, learned the culture of Gresham Barlow School District through there. Um, there was a lot of um, white-centered conversations. Um, I experienced a lot of racism, so did my friends. Um, Around 2016, during the election, a lot of my friends who are Latinx experienced xenophobia and, like, threats in school. Um, and so that was, like, a very different experience for me because um, in middle school, like, there were microaggressions, but I didn't really realize them. And it wasn't as apparent that the school uh, culture of the schools was that way. Um, and then once I was a sophomore, we tried to make a diversity club at Barlow. And there had really never been one. Um, and we experienced a lot of pushback from that. So it was me and like four of my friends. Um, and we weren't able to be recognized as a club. We weren't able to get funding. Um, and then I experienced a lot more racism my sophomore year and it kind of led me to transfer. Um, but upon transferring, I like learned that it's not just from students, it's also from teachers and admin. Um, so during my like transfer process, um, I was told like, oh, this is your fault that this is happening to you. And like, um, a lot of them said like, oh, the grass isn't gonna be greener anywhere else. And so that was like very appalling for me. So I transferred right away um, to Gresham High School, which was a completely different experience, but the systemic like racism and culture was still there. Um, it was just not as apparent. Um, there were like diversity clubs, social justice club. Um, I had my first teacher of color my senior year, <laughs> which was very different for me. Um, so you could see like there's a lot of differences, but there was still 
um, instances of police brutality. There was um, instances of teachers being racist to students, students being racist to other students as well. Um, and so I like realized that it's not just the school, it's the whole system. Um, and so that's kind of what's pushed me to come back now. Wow. That's, you just threw a lot at me right now. And and first, you know, I'm sorry that you have to, you have gone through all of that and it's, it's not, it's not appropriate that you have to feel like you have to be pushed out of a school in order to feel welcomed. And it's funny that you mentioned you had your first uh, teacher of color when you were a senior. I got, I had my first teacher of color when I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember how, how excited I was. Like I, I the teacher who I, who I deeply love and respect and who's still in the district, uh, was the first black teacher that I, that I had ever. And I remember how, how safe and comfortable I felt in the classroom. I don't know, maybe you had the same experience? Yeah, so um, my teacher, she's still in the school district. Um, her name is Julie Rowell. She's like an avid teacher there. Um, and she was like my mom at school. And um, I looked up to her a lot. I still like keep in contact with her and love her dearly. And she was, it was a very different experience and it was very welcoming. And um, she was like that person you can go talk to, that one teacher that like makes you feel safe and understands what you're going through. Um, so that's kind of my experience with her. That's that's good. I think that that was a similar experience I had. Uh, I can I'll drain I'll name drop her Archie, uh, Miss Archie, and I think she's now the athletic director and the vice principal, which is phenomenal. And I just remember how 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 meaningful that was for me. I remember I came to the classroom and I saw her and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, like like this is this is amazing. Like I've gone to the public education system. I've been part of the public education system for you know, kindergarten to fifth grade and then sixth grade to eighth grade. And this is the first time I have a teacher of color. And similar to you, right? Like I, I felt safe. Uh, I, I, I had my own issues, so I didn't, you know, didn't talk my life to her. But like if I ever had to and if, and if there was an opportunity, I would have, you know, I would have talked to her immediately. And uh, it's just so astonishing that even to this day, right? Like we're still having that conversation of diversity in their classrooms. And there's data that shows that if we have a teacher, a counselor, uh, or a mentor that looks like us, that speaks like us, uh, that thinks like us, there's, there's, there's data that shows that um, those, those individuals who are in those schools have an impact in graduation rates among black indigenous latinos latinas uh and and we've we've been seeing that but i think one of the things that uh we're a lot of school districts a lot of a lot of states are so struggling with is one hiring people of color but also then the biggest thing in my opinion is the retention of people of color so i'm excited that you know that i mean we're gonna talk about it later on but i wanted to you know i wanted to talk to you about you started an organization called youth oregon that basically was helping address the things that you've gone through and what your partners have gone through in the public education system. Can you tell us a little bit more, a little bit more about Youth Oregon and what that is? Yeah, so um, Youth Oregon, we, so my friend Chelsea Cortez um, also founded it with me. Um, and it was um, the beginning of quarantine last year when the video of George Floyd came out, protests started happening, and um, the conversation in Gresham specifically at protests like started directing more to um, like conversations about SROs and like experiences in school. And it even got deeper into just experiences with racism in school in general um, in the Gresham Barlow School District. And so 
um, at first I was like trying to think of things we can do um, and I was like oh we should start an email that people can send their stories into and we can like compile them together or something um, because my sophomore year I wrote a letter to like the teachers before I transferred saying like why I'm transferring um, and even then my letter was like cut in half because it was too um, uncomfortable for people to listen to um, so we thought of that and then we thought we need to go deeper um, and so Chelsea and I came up with um, Youth Oregon, started making, um, we had one of our friends from high school make a logo for us um, and then we wanted to address inequities in um, curriculum, resources, um, we wanted to talk more about SROs, what are they doing, um, how are they impacting our students of color um, and how can we get our students and faculty of color into the conversation, um, especially in the school board. Wow, that is impressive. And you bring up a very, uh, I feel, a very, very, very controversial topic, which is SROs in our schools. And um, I, I, would, I would love to kind of hear more about your thoughts on that. And I think, you know, I have my thoughts on that I would love to share. But I think, um, what do you think? Like, do you believe SROs? When we talk about SROs, school resource officers who are basically cops and who are sh who are part of the security system in quotations uh, in their school buildings, who are come in full uniform, have their guns, uh, their weapons, or whatever, uh, and are you know we're militarized. Um, do you think SROs are needed? Do you think SROs have a part in the public education? Yeah, that is a controversial topic. Um, uh, I think that I have met SROs that I like respect as people. Um, I have family that are in the police system and I respect them and they're great people outside of their job, but I think that the job is systemically harmful. Um, SROs in schools, I, I saw video of a girl being police brutalized in school my junior year at Gresham. I've seen the way officers handle our students, especially students of color. Um, and there are statistics to prove that having an SRO in school connects students of color more to the police line, the school to prison pipeline. Um, and I am not a supporter of SROs. I think that we can do um, a lot better in incorporating community safety. Um, we do have security monitors at schools that can do that job. And I think Having SROs um, is intimidating for students, not even just students of color, but um, students um, who identify as um, LGBTQ or disabled students who are being targeted and um, are coming into contact with police. And I think police see people as criminals, that's their job. Um, and I think we need to have mental health professionals for students, um, which is a huge thing that I'm pushing is having more mental health resources on campus. Um, also, the police station is like a block away from the school. So I think um, if there was a serious emergency, that resource is there. Um, but I think having them in schools creates intimidation and um, harm for our students. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, growing up, I think, you know, I remember a freak, I mean, like since I was like maybe like three years old, four years old, every time a cop would, would you know, tag along behind us when my dad was driving, my dad would automatically slow down, right? And he would go below the limit. And I'd always ask him, I was like, why are you slowing down? We need to get to this place, you know? Like, I'm hungry, Let's, I need those McDonald's fries <laughs> right now. And he would never really give me a clear explanation. He would just slow down. 
And when they grew older, uh, he explained like, hey, you know, I've had my experiences as a teenager growing up here in the United States as a Mexican-American. And I've been treated badly here in Gresham. And he, first he lived in Trouto and then he moved to Gresham. Um, and it was just in, it was already engraved in him. Right? When he see a cop, um, even if it wasn't tagging behind him, like if it was across the street, he would just automatically slow down without even thinking. And that's so crazy because that transferred to me. And and I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I don't know anything. I don't think I've broken any laws. But every time I see a cop, I slow down. And what's the craziest thing about this is that when I, when I work with my job and I, you know, I drive a government-issued car, even then, uh, I when, when I'm uh, driving a government-issued car and the cop is behind me, I still slow down. It's not even my car. It's a government-issued car, and I still slow down. And this is the trauma that that um, it it was passed on from my parents. And I've had my experiences with cops as well. And again, like you said, right? Like I've had good experiences. I've also had bad experiences. And all it takes is one bad experience for you to be traumatized, and it stays with you for the rest of your life. And right now, like my wife, uh, who I you know we we drive together to places, she always tells me too, like, why are you slowing down? The cop is not even behind us. I'm just like, I don't know. My body just tells me automatically to slow down because I'm scared that something's going to happen. But I, I'm so excited about this next thing we're going to talk about, and that is you are running in the, for an election position here, and you're running for, to be the next um, uh, school board member for the Western Bottle School District, which is a school district that you were a student, right, uh, of, and, and now you want to be a policymaker for the same school district that you graduated from. And it's also the same school district that you had horrible memories of. Tell me about what, what led you to want to run for this position. And if anything, like what do you inspire to accomplish once elected? Um, so I have um, two younger siblings. Um, one is in high school and one is in elementary school and they're both biracial as well um so that's a really big um drive for me because i don't want them to experience what i did um my younger sister's uh, already 16 she's already experienced some of those things and so i want to make sure we're changing that culture for like the younger generations and our families um and i was driven to <clears throat> run for the school board because after Youth Oregon, we started um, we started submitting public comment and emails to the school board members about getting a survey out to um, address like students' issues with safety and discrimination. And there was a lot of pushback. Um, and then I've been kind of I've been attending school board meetings for the last eight months, um, which can be very long. <laughs> um, but I've been attending them, and I've just seen that there's a lot of stigma around talking about race, um, identifying our vulnerable communities, centering them in those conversations. Um, and so that's kind of driven me to be the change because um, I've seen that there's not a lot of people there willing to do that. Um, there are a few board members that are very involved and, but you know, only two board members can't make a decision. So I wanted to run um, just so that I could be that voice in there um, and be able to get changes done because I think that there's a lot of lack of accessibility um, and community engagement, and that's something that I really am pushing um, with this campaign. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to run. Jaysha, you're 19 years old. I hope you don't mind that I shared your age, but you are 19 years old. And I look back, when I was 19 years old, I had no idea 
what I wanted to do with life. And you have your stuff together and you say you want to, you want to volunteer. You're telling me you want to volunteer on your free time and sit in those long meetings and create policy for a school district uh, that I guess you really care about. Right. Because you're, you're now running for this position. Like, like that's so crazy to me. And I'm also like, not only crazy, but I'm like, I'm so happy and proud that I we're seeing younger folks, especially about people of color who are deciding to step up, knowing that they're not getting paid for this. Uh, but I think what 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 leads you and what leads me into into these positions is the the, the change that we want to create for the future generations, right? Like like I see myself being living in Gresham for the rest of my life, you know, and I want my children to go to an education system, go to the education system that is better that compared to when I was a student, right? And and I'm I'm just so thrilled and so proud of you, and and I just want to, I just want to continue to ask you like what what are what, what what if you had three things you could change from the Gresham Barrow School District right now? Let's say you were already elected, and then they say, Jaysha, you know what? You lead us to change three things from the school district. What would those things? What would those three things be? Um, yeah, so first, a big thing is accessibility, um, language accessibility at meetings. Um, we do not have translations available. Um, we rarely have captions available as well. Um, and I think that creates a barrier for our students who, um, students and families who are bilingual um, or our students who are um, use ASL to communicate as well. Um, we don't have that accessibility for them, so they aren't even able to communicate go to meetings because they can't understand or that's not their primary language um so that would be something that i would change immediately um i think that i need to learn more about the budget obviously um but there are organizations that do translations for very cheap very or some that are even free um and i think that would create a lot of accessibility for our families um the second thing i would do is reimagining student safety with our conversations with students so i think um, we need to create forums that center the voices of our vulnerable populations and get their opinions on students' uh, safety. And the biggest question is, do you feel the school's created a safe environment for you? Um, I think that's a huge question that's not being asked in the current outreach programs. Um, and so that's something that I would advocate for is having forums. Um, and then also community engagement and engagement with our teachers. Um, we have unions that have voices and they're representing our teachers and our teachers aren't being heard, especially right now with the pandemic. Um, going back to school is a huge issue and teachers having the time and resources um, to prepare for our students. And I think if we can create collaborative efforts to address those issues with teachers, um, that would be very great for our students and create a better environment for them. Wow, 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 wow. That's that's impressive. And, and I think all that all that stuff can be made possible right with with the right people in those positions and there's no question that i think you are the right person to be there and the fact that i think i think you or regardless of how the results go and i i really wish everything goes well and we're going to be you know obviously supporting you um this is going to be fundamental like it's going to be it's going to change the system in a way and where people are going to see you uh and they're going to say you know what jaysha did it I can do it too, and I can do it for my own school district, and that's the beauty of it. It all it takes one person to start, and then it's just a you know it's a domino effect. Everybody else come can come and join. Um, what 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 would you say would be like uh, you know you're running a campaign now, right? So is, is you're running for a position that is vacant, or are you, are you challenging an incumbent, or how's this working? 
Yeah, um, I'm challenging an incumbent, um, and it's going to be challenging because um, my opponent has been in since 2017 and um, is a loved community member, um, but it'll be challenging, but I think that I bring like a fresh voice. I was just in the school district, and um, I can connect more with our kids, um, and so I think that it'll be challenging, but I think there are a lot of ways for me to be successful. I, I agree. I agree. I think... Um you know, obviously you're going to be campaigning uh, during a, the pandemic. Do you feel like just everything that's going down around the world, do you think that's going to be a challenge for you? Or do you think of anything you're going to, there's some creative ways you can, you know, campaign, especially right now? Yeah, um, social media is huge. Uh, I think social media can be used as a super powerful tool, especially for campaigns. Um, I was a volunteer for your campaign and for um, a couple local candidates as well. And it was during the pandemic and we did a lot of phone calls, putting out flyers um, and gathering a lot of people that can do virtual work. And so I think if I can get a lot of volunteers and get calls out and texts out, um, making graphics for our people and... Um, being active on social media is going to be a huge thing. I agree. I agree. This, so the social media game has been blowing up for sure. You you mentioned volunteers. You mentioned help. And I think, I honestly, a campaign cannot be successful without the people, right? And so how can how can folks learn more about your campaign, your candidacy, and, and how to volunteer? Yeah, so you can. I have um, Instagram and Facebook. It's under Jasia for Gresham, um, J-A-S-I-A, and then... Th- the word for Gresham. Um, and then also you can go to my website, JJ for Gresham as well. Um, and there's some, there's a donation link. There's um, a form to fill out if you'd like to volunteer and what kind of things you want to get involved in. And also a little bit more information about me. So it's exciting. I already checked out the website folks and it's a uh, very impressive. And the fact that you did your website, it's very impressive as well. So uh, Jasha, what, what, what's a message you have for the students who are listening uh, teachers that are listening, uh, I think specifically our 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 BIPOC, BIWOC community members who who are seeing basically you know what we're seeing around the, around the news right like police brutality, mass shootings, uh, the pandemic affecting the the education of our many of our children who um, who might be falling behind. Uh, what message do you have for the folks uh, that you know that you are the right person to be elected for this position? Yeah, um, one thing for anyone that is struggling, um, you can always reach out to me as well. Um, But I think the huge thing is that if your voice isn't being heard, then you need to make your voice be heard because no one else is going to do that for you. Um, And I think that I'm the right leader for Gresham and for our students because I know those values and I will advocate for our students whose voices aren't being heard. And I'll also encourage those conversations that to be led by our students and teachers um, and for those students to be speaking out. Wow. Well, I know, Jisha, I was talking to you this about talking to you about this offline. Jisha, if you win, when you win, better worded, uh, this May election, you perhaps will be the youngest school board member ever elected, I believe, in the state of Oregon. Um, if not, at least in the Gresham area. <laughs> and uh, and that's such a huge accomplishment. Uh freak i mean i got elected when i was 22 <laughs> and and that's i mean you're you're you would break that record by a long shot how does that make you feel like the fact that you are gonna you're a 19 year old leader who has done already so much in the gresham community in the east county community 
how would you how do you how would you feel like how do you feel being in this position the fact that you can make history moving forward um i have to like make sure i'm actually here all the time um it's really exciting for me it's also intimidating um because um it's not very likely why would you want to go be in the school board at 19 you could do a lot of other things but i'm i'm studying public policy and poli uh, political science so this is right up my alley and um it's intimidating but it's also exciting and i hope that it inspires young people to get back into politics and get involved um, because there's been this huge like distance from it and i think that young people are the future and we are able to make the most change um, especially with social media mm -hmm. um, and so I think that being young is intimidating but it's also inspiring for me every day and like it inspires my like sister and my brother um, and also my like family members in the community so yeah it's you know one thing I say and I tell this to to my colleagues not only in the school board but in the legislature it's our time it's our time to step up. It's our time to, to show up. And it's our time to create policies that is going to affect our own future and the future of the next generation. Jaisha, I'm so proud of you. I really wish you the best of luck. I think I think you got this. Uh, you know, you are an inspiring leader who's it's just you're just beginning. This is not the tip of the mountain for you. And regardless how everything goes, I think there's just so much you can offer to the Gresham community. And we're so lucky to have you. So, Jaisha, thank you so much for being here. Uh, anything anything else you would like to share before we close? Um, thank you for having me. Make sure you guys um, check out Ricky's social media <laughs> um, and also advocate for the Menstrual Dignity Act that's coming around so that we can get period products for all of our menstruators in schools. This is about you. You're not doing you, it. Don't plug right. me. No, don't plug me. That's about the students. It's about <laughs> the students. <laughs> well, Jaisha, thank you so much for being here. Um, again, folks, if you want to learn more about Jaisha, go to jaisha4gresham.com and follow Jaisha on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm gonna try to convince her to create a Twitter. So uh, Twitter sometimes is, it gets a little lit. So sometimes that's, that's, a, good, that's a good platform as well. Yes. So Jaisha, thank you so much. Lead on, this is just the beginning for you. I'm proud of you, I'm proud to be supporting you and let's, let's, let's kick some butt. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Jaisha. And that was an, an inspiring uh, interview for, uh, for, you know, and, and Jaisha has done so much already at such a young age. and. Age is just a number at the end of the day. And no matter how old you are, how young you are, the time to, to change and the time to, 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 to lead and, and to step up to these leadership roles, there's no limit for that. And this is the, this is the beauty of, of, of elections. And if you, if you, if you live in Gresham, uh, if you specifically live in the Gresham Bartle School District, you're going to see Jaisha's name on your, on your ballot. So one thing to remember is, one, make sure you're registered to vote. Uh, we'll provide that information on our social media. It's number two, um, it's uh, at I think it's an at-large position. And so everybody who is in the Gresham Bartle School District boundaries are, is going to be able to vote. And in my recommendation, if you are able to vote and live in the Gresham Bartle School District, I recommend you vote for Jaisha. And I'd say that with full confidence and, 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 and full hope that Jaisha is the right person for this position. And I can see Gresham Barlow being uh, better served with a, a student who just graduated from the, from the high school and a, a person who's already uh, has been doing a lot of stuff for the Gresham community. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, and please, please, please visit jasiaforgresham.com. Thank you all.